Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got our normal game preview uh, coming up for the Michigan State Spartans. So we'll have our regular segments that we do to start. And then in the back half of the show, we'll have a with Ryan Oblenis of The Only Colors, our SB Nation sister site covering Michigan State. Give some good insight into Mel Tucker, the state of the program, expectations, as well as what's kind of gone wrong for the Spartans. Uh, so far this season as they come into this contest two and four on the year so it should be a interesting interview to kind of give you guys some insight into Michigan State a team that Wisconsin has not seen that much over the last decade this is actually only the third time these two teams have played since 2012 it's kind of just been a weird scheduling thing you know the last few years last four or five seasons they've had Michigan every year have not had Michigan State since, I believe, 2016 um, when Alex Hornibrook was the quarterback and they went to East Lansing and won. Um, so it's been a while. It's kind of a weird scheduling thing, and we'll see when, as as of right now, these two teams will not meet again until 2025 unless the Big Ten likely changes its scheduling once some new friends from out west join it. But that's a long ways away. Today we're talking about this game, a big game, an important game for for a Wisconsin team to Kind of keep the momentum rolling. That's what I want to see from this team as we get into the game itself. Can they repeat this performance or something close to it in back-to-back weeks? Because so far this season, we've seen Wisconsin come out strong in the opener. A 38-0 win over Illinois State, then come out and lay an egg against Washington State. The following week, they came out, bounced back against New Mexico State, took care of business against an inferior opponent. Next week, got the doors blown off by Ohio State. And then the following week, you know, unfortunately kept that low level of play with Illinois, but the following week then bounced back with a big victory against Northwestern. So it's been back and forth with this team consistently through the first half of the season. Now I want to see, is this team kind of turning a corner and have they moved to the next segment of this kind of season? Can they continue to keep that momentum rolling in a contest against an opponent that is struggling and you frankly should beat? Um, that's going to be the interesting part to see. So when we get into this game, I think it has to start with the offense and how this offense is going to try and attack this Michigan State defense that is, frankly, pretty bad. This team comes in ranking 122nd against the pass in terms of passing yards allowed. Not much better against the run, but the pass game, their pass defense has been the main area of concern, not only this year, but last year. Last season, they were dead last defending the pass. Wisconsin last week came out, Graham Mertz, 300 yards, a career high in yards, completed 
70% of his passes, five touchdowns, tied a career high. So he's got all the momentum coming into this game to try and have a strong performance in back-to-back weeks. Last week, he threw the ball with accuracy. He threw the ball with zip. He threw the ball with a little bit of touch on the run. All the traits that made him such a highly ranked recruit out of high school were on display in that game. And that's Northwestern. That's a defense that is not very good in itself. But when you look at in terms of passing yards allowed per game, Northwestern ranks 68th. Michigan State, almost twice as bad as that at 122nd. So you're looking at a a defense that is significantly worse than what they just faced this past week. So the easy answer is to say Wisconsin should be able to come out and throw it all over the yard and and come away with a victory here. And maybe it's no more complicated than that. Maybe maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I do think that this Michigan State secondary is is very poor. And I think if you're talking about how Wisconsin's going to go about attacking this defense, it's going to have to be through the air. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Wisconsin's going to come out and, and throw it. 40, 50 times a game, but I do think they're going to have more balance like we saw last week. Last week, Bobby Ingram, whatever, you know, whether whoever was calling plays in the past was a little bit more run heavy at times. Last week, they were much more balanced, 38 runs to 30 passes. That's about what you want to see if you're a Wisconsin fan, I think, right now. I think having that number closer to even makes your offense better, makes your offense more dynamic. And when you're having success, like you're having, you know, in in the passing game, that opens up your entire offense where they have to respect the pass. And if they don't, if they decide, you know what, we're, we're not going to let the run beat us, we're going to leave some open areas for Graham Mertz to try and hit and throw into, better. I mean, that, that's great for Graham Mertz in, in those situations because he's got more opportunities to, um, you know, find open receivers, have these big gaps that we sometimes saw last week. So it's going to be interesting to see how Michigan State tries to defend Wisconsin because the pass is so bad, do they try and take away some of the passing lanes and leave some friendly matchups for the run game? Or do they say, you know what, we're going to get beat through the air no matter what. Let's stop, stop the run and see if we can make Graham Merce beat us in this contest. So I don't think Michigan State, when you're talking about Wisconsin, if they come out with that balanced offense and both units are starting to work, you know, the passing game I think has looked fairly strong over the course of the season and the run game look like it's starting to get some things going now if both of those units are strong and the offense is balanced that makes Wisconsin much more hard to defend and I think it puts even bigger strain on Michigan State so Jim Leonard talked about it having to work the passing game having to work the passing game off of the run game and vice versa to find that balance and so far one game in in this new Jim Leonard Bobby Ingram era um, they've done that and and we'll see how it comes out in this game but I do think that having that same style of approach that they had last week in terms of a balance attack, in terms of giving Graham Mertz some shots, should allow this offense to hopefully continue to move the ball and, and hopefully put up points. I, I think this defense is something is a defense that you can you can get for big points. You can get for big plays, especially if they're trying to focus in on the run. I think Graham Mertz will have time. I think he'll be able to sling it around and I think he's been better throughout the course of the season. I know he's had some bad moments. I know that Illinois game was a bad one, not entirely on him I know the Ohio State game he had some bad throws but there's been some great throws from Graham Mertz and I don't think you can sit here and say that he has not been much better than he was in years past I I think he's improved I think he's got more confident and now after this past week hopefully that confidence kind of keeps riding into this week and throughout the rest of the course of the season because they need Graham Mertz I think that's a huge part of their offense and it's been a successful part of their offense so if he can throw it with confidence and this offense can move the ball Similar to the way they did last week, I think this group 
really have the chance to come away and, and put points up on this Michigan State team. Flipping the, the other side now, you look at Michigan State's offense, hasn't necessarily clicked, but it ne- hasn't necessarily also been as bad as the numbers look. You, know, you look at Michigan State, they're coming into this game 2-4, and four, losers of four straight. The only two teams that they've beaten are two MAC teams in the first two weeks of the season. After that, they've just had the doors blown off by some strong Power 5 opponents, but teams that you would expect Michigan State to be more competitive with. So I think when you're looking at the offense, they've They've had some struggle running the football in recent weeks. They have not been able to get Jalen Berger and and that group going the way they wanted it to. But I don't know if it's necessarily as bad as it's kind of looked. I mean, you look back to the uh, Washington game that they played. They put up 28 points. Minnesota came out and absolutely shut them down, 34-7. Maryland held them to just 13 points, and Ohio State held them to 20 points. Those are all fairly good defenses. Maryland's okay, but Minnesota... Um, and Washington and Ohio State have shown that they've got, you know, especially for the Gophers and the Buckeyes, pretty strong defense. Washington's kind of fallen off in recent weeks. But you look at, I, I kind of look to that Minnesota game as kind of a similar blueprint for how Wisconsin might want to try and attack this defense. And, and the way they did it in terms of the box score was completely shutting down that run game that, that Michigan State was going to try and work off of. You know, Jarek Broussard, six carries for 23 yards. Jalen Berger, four carries for 13 yards. They could get nothing going on the ground, and then they had to turn it to the air. And I, I think Peyton Thorne, as a quarterback, if you're familiar with the Big Ten football, with Big Ten football, you know his name. He, he was very good last year um, and, and had a very good connection with Jaden Reed, his number one wideout. But I think this passing game is not a passing game that you can rely solely on in terms of an offense. So if Wisconsin can come out and, and shut down that combo in the running back room and Broussard and Berger, I think they've got a chance to make make Minnesota or excuse me, make Michigan State have to use the air to move the football consistently. And I think that plays well for Wisconsin because I don't think Michigan State's offense is built to rely solely on the pass game. Similar to the Badgers, I think both of these offenses need to have balance to find success. And that's not really you know, any sort of bold take. Most offenses across the country cannot rely solely on one side of your offense. So I think the Badgers will come out and really try to make sure that the, that the run defense is buttoned up the way it kind of was last week. You know, I look at last week for Wisconsin, only allowed seven points, but they were given up about five yards of play. So there were times where Wisconsin was getting hit for some plays and the problem for Northwestern was that they turned the ball over. They couldn't hang on to the football. And that, of course, led to Wisconsin cutting some drive shorts, cutting some drive short, getting after the quarterback, shortening some drives, making some drives stall out. They had some penalties, but overall it was more so. I do think Wisconsin's defense played better, but I don't know if they were necessarily as stifling as I think we look at the box score and say, oh, wow, the Badgers only gave up a touchdown and it was late. You know, this defense must have been just dominating all over the field. There were times where they were dominant. They were closer to what they've been in years past, but there were also still times where they were getting hit for some chunk plays. They were giving up some bigger plays. They were getting some passes hit short, and, and tackling wasn't wasn't necessarily there, which, which broke into yards after contact. So I do think the defense was better, and I do think they looked like they had turned a corner a little bit there. But again, you're going up against a Northwestern team in Michigan State, while the record might not show it, they've got some more talented pieces on this offense. You know, Jalen Berger is a <laughs> is a player that Wisconsin fans know very well. You can say what you want about, of course, of his departure from Wisconsin, but 
at the time when he was at Wisconsin, we were all enamored with his game and thought he was going to be the next big thing um, for the Badgers, the next you know great running back in line. So you have to respect that talent. Broussard as well as another one-two. They're one-two punch at running back, at least on paper in terms of the talent that those guys possess is certainly there. Peyton Thorne, a guy with a big arm, can can throw the ball around. He's got a really good connection with Jaden Reed. If you guys don't know, these guys played high school football together um, and then played in college together. So they have a very good kind of repertoire between the two of them. And, and last year that was fully on display. Now last year, I think a lot of defenses were keying in on Kenneth Walker. Berger and Broussard are not quite Kenneth Walker, but <laughs> they, they're still talented players. So I think that area of the defense is going to be the main kind of thing to watch for is can they shut down the run and can they limit the explosive plays in the passing game because Jaden Reed is a guy that's been banged up over the course of the season I think he's one of the best you know top two three wide receivers in the conference he's very good in special teams which will be an area to watch but he's he's really a talented player and he's got a good connection so Wisconsin's going to have to make sure they've got all their coverages buttoned up against him because he can be a guy that can hit you for big plays down the field. He's explosive. He's fast. He's athletic. He's a guy that can can really, if you're not consistently covering, can hit you for big chunk plays and big yardage and, and rack up stats rather quickly. So I think Wisconsin's defense is going to focus in on stopping that run and making Michigan State win this game in the passing game. But if they do that, they've got to make sure their coverages are sound in that secondary. Last week, there were some really good you know, coverage plays. Kamala, two, two interceptions kind of jumping some routes. Whoever's got the assignment of of guarding Jaden Reed consistently is going to have their work cut out for him. I think it's going to be a really good test for this cornerback room, whoever it may be. So I, I'm really interested to see how that matchup kind of fares up. I think when you talk about wide receivers that Wisconsin has kind of faced, obviously the Ohio State group is, is going to be the most talented probably in the conference one, two, three. Hell, the, the depth that they have, that could be four, five, and six as well. But Jaden Reed is certainly a guy that's towards the top and, and, and probably the best receiver that they faced outside of that Ohio State contest. And, and assuming he's fully healthy and, and playing, he has been banged up throughout the course of this season, but he did um, get some action, was dressed last week, and should, I would guess, be in the game this week. And that will change the dynamics of their offense consistently. He's a very, again, explosive player. As I mentioned, a very good kick returner, punt returner. So the explosiveness is there for him, and that's going to be the matchup that Wisconsin is going to have to have buttoned up. Let's assume the Badgers, with their front, they've done a good job of, of moving moving the line of scrimmage and, and limiting run, you know, the the rushing offense against them lately. If they can, if they do that, and it, it's solely in the passing game, I think that matchup with Jaden Reed is going to be one that you have to consistently keep an eye on because he can be a, a very dangerous player if he's allowed to be, you know, out in space and, and loose and making plays. So whether it be him on the outside, you know, with, with Cedric Dort and, and Jay Shaw, whether it be, you know, Alexander Smith on the inside or Ricardo Hallman, who's played consistently, you know, Smith now back, but Hallman likely going to get plenty of snaps as well. Wisconsin's a little deep at that cornerback position right now, that, that, that hopefully now that everybody's healthy. So whoever is going to be, you know, matching up that coverage with Jaden Reed is going to have to be the guy to kind of watch for in, in this game. In terms of, as we now kind of get into the matchup to watch, similar to Jaden Reed, I think on the offensive side, you also have to take a look at him in special teams. So I think we've already talked about offensive matchups. I think you're going to see Wisconsin try to exploit their their secondary. And we already talked about a key defensive matchup, which is facing Jaden Reed in the 
passing game and, and making sure that's buttoned up. And you know, he's a thousand yard receiver, ten touchdowns last year, a big time player. I think the matchup to even watch for even further is the special teams. Wisconsin special teams has not burned them lately, but you're going to be going up against a very good special teams unit. You've got Jaden Reed, who averaged 20 yards per return last year in punt returns and kick returns. Very explosive, very dynamic, can make big plays in that game. And as we've seen in the past, Wisconsin, when they, they, they got a chance to really maybe put a game away, move up, you know, advance, go up by two scores or something like that. They just get some momentum going. Sometimes the special teams play can be a killer and, and allow an opponent right back in this game. The last thing you need is a 2-4 and four team like Michigan State to come out and get momentum from a play like that. So making sure that that unit's buttoned up, making sure they're not giving up any big plays, big scores in, in the kick return or punt return, I think is going to be vital. Both of these teams' kickers, and, I mean, their Michigan State's kicking situation isn't super strong. Wisconsin's has been up and down for years now, so that's an area to watch. Punter, they've got a very good punter as well, and you're talking about field position. So trying to win and play clean in that special game space. You know, Jim Leonard has spoke so much about in his time at these two weeks as the interim head coach about playing clean, you know, avoiding the turnovers, avoiding the penalties, and avoiding miscues in special teams is kind of right up there as well in terms of what things they can prevent them, you know, the opponent from doing that will put them in, in a negative situation. So I, I think that is going to be something to really watch for in this contest because if Jaden Reed is able to get loose in the passing game and get loose in special teams, then all of a sudden you've got a, a real headache on your hands that you're going to have to try and make up for. And I do think Wisconsin's offense will be able to put up points, but you don't want to get into some sort of back and forth track meet in, in this contest because that's not the way Wisconsin plays. Michigan State does play with some tempo, but Wisconsin, you still want to control this game. You're going to have a more balanced attack. We still want to control the momentum here. And, and hopefully Wisconsin can come out early and kind of put a damper on, on this Michigan State game You know, from the jump. It is homecoming for Michigan State. They've lost four straight. This is one that they probably feel they can win and get back in the win column after four straight losses. So if, if you allow them to hang around and get more confidence and, and make some of these big plays, that's going to, I think, come back to bite you. So I think the Badgers really need to be focused from the jump, get out to a good start, and, and hopefully, you know, if you can get a lead against a, a team that's lost four straight, kind of get them down in, in the dumps early, maybe you can just put it on them and they kind of give it up and just, you know, a, a fifth straight loss. But Mel Tucker you know, is a guy that's probably going to get have these guys very motivated to come out and bounce back. You know, they need this one to get to a bowl game if they want to. At two and four right now, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. They've got Michigan on the schedule next week. They've still got Penn State on the schedule. So it doesn't get any easier for them after four straight losses. And this is one they feel like they likely need to win to get to a bowl game and, and kind of get their season back on track after much higher expectations than what they're you know sitting at right now. We'll roll now into the players that we'll be talking about come Sunday. I think the answer is obvious for the Badgers on the offensive side of the ball. You're going to be talking about Graham Mertz. If this game goes the way I think it could go, Graham Mertz is going to have, I think, another really solid day. I'm not going to sit here and see, hey, he's going to throw for 300 yards and, and five touchdowns like he did last week. But I do think that's very possible against this defense. I think this defense is very, very bad. I know they, they you know, in the interview upcoming here just a second, they've, they've had some injuries. They had guys banged up. They've got a really good safety in Xavier Henderson that has been you know, out of the lineup you know, consistently throughout the course of the season. But he was in there last year. 
They were one of the worst pass defenses in the country. I don't think this pass defense is any good. And I think Graham Mertz, if they are playing the run and they're going to have to respect the run a little bit, Graham Mertz should be able to throw all over them. If for some reason they they come out and they're trying to shut down the passing game, they're, they're worried about Graham Mertz beating them, Braylon Allen will have a field day against a, a light box. But I don't expect that to be the case. So I think Graham Mertz will have plenty of opportunities to hit plays he consistently and the other I guess player we'll be talking about I think when you talk about that connection and him hitting some big plays on the receiving end I think Jimmy DK has proven that he's kind of the go-to guy for Graham Mertz in this offense he had a big game last week I think he'll be able to get loose and get into space again this week so I'll say that that QB wide receiver combo will once again be the storyline that we're talking about if this game goes the way the Badgers I think the way I expect it maybe to go uh, in this contest on the defensive side of the ball, I think you're going to be talking about the cornerbacks. Whichever one is consistently lining up with Jaden Reed is going to be the the players that get tested the most. I think that's the most talented player on the field for Michigan State. If he's in the lineup, that, that secondary is going to be tested. Who's going to consistently get the matchup? Hard to know whether you know Reed can, he's a guy that can play on the outside, can play on the inside. I think you'll be talking about those guys, for better or for worse, if they're getting burnt consistently. You're going to say, man, you know this this cornerback room, you know this player did not have a great game. If they shut him down, I think you have to look at this cornerback room and say, wow, that's a, a great job facing off against a top three receiver in this conference and, and limiting his plays and limiting his explosiveness. You could also talk about Jake Cheney and Tatum Grass, inside linebackers, got a little bit more run last week than they had in, in previous weeks. Who's going to be, you know, are they going to be the guys in there this week, at least in terms of the, the depth chart? It looks like Muba and Jungmena and Jordan Turner are listed in there, but Jake Cheney and Tatum Grass got some reps um, in, in in this past contest against Northwestern. So can they come in and, and shut down the run consistently? As I mentioned, Broussard, Jalen Berger, very talented t- tandem, hasn't quite produced yet, but they, they should be a group that can can cause fits if you're not have that button up as well. So that'll be the area and, and players to watch. In terms of a score prediction for this game, I do think this is one that Wisconsin is going to come away victorious. I do like what I saw last week. I'm trying not to get my hopes too high in this team because we've seen them be so up and down. But I look at this Michigan State defense, and, and it's just it's it's so bad and it's so porous against the pass that I do think Wisconsin, with the momentum they gained last week, will be able to kind of repeat that. Uh, I'll say this game is going to be one that Wisconsin wins. I, I do think that they'll put up a decent amount of points. I do think Michigan State might get loose for some points as well. I'm thinking more of a 35 to 17, maybe a 34 17. You know, depending on if, if Wisconsin settles for some field goals, but I think Wisconsin does win this game. I, I do think they win it somewhat comfortably, maybe a two-score game. I like what the Badgers did in this contest, um, or, or can do in this contest. And I think they'll be able to come away victorious in it. Before we get into our interview here, guys, I do have to talk to you about some news that came across the wire late last night in terms of the transfer portal. And that is uh, in former five-star tackle Logan Brown announces his uh, intentions to transfer and hit the transfer portal. We have had some questions about how they can get into the portal now. When a coach is fired midseason, there is a 30-day window where players can enter the transfer portal. So that's why you're seeing the Deacon Hills and the Logan Browns hitting the portal right now um, because they have that opportunity to get their name out there, get their next plan kind of figured out. And Logan Brown, while, I mean, you look at, you know, the third highest ranked recruit in Wisconsin football history, a guy that I think a lot of fans were rightfully excited about. A five-star offensive lineman is something out of the state of Michigan that 
you, you have to be excited about the time. I know he's battled injuries, and it just hasn't quite been the same for him. He's kind of been bypassed by the Riley Malmans of the, the world. I, I think Nolan Rucci's probably surpassed him at the tackle position. If Rucci's working as your backup left tackle, they could likely flip him over to right tackle, and, and he could be there uh, as well. So it, it just felt like a situation that really isn't that shocking to me that, that Logan Brown is going to hit the portal. I don't know how much he would have really played at Wisconsin. If, if Riley Malman's the guy that you feel comfortable with running at right tackle, and whenever he's available, you're going to throw him in there, and Logan Brown's going to be bypassed, that means he's likely the third, fourth tackle when you add in Jack Nelson on this roster. So not a huge surprise in, in that regard. Where he ends up, you know, he's going to be in the portal now. He's a guy that had you know, a plethora of offers out of high school, really every team in the Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State, Auburn, you know, everybody in, in, around the country uh, had made offers. Alabama made an offer. Now, likely in the portal, not going to get that same traction, but I think when you talk about a guy from Grand Rapids, Michigan, the team that we're talking about right now, Michigan State, has been very active in the transfer portal with Mel Tucker. It seems like that could be a place that he ends up if it is at the Power 5 level. I think a five-star kid that has got some run, maybe hasn't found his footing yet, is going to land a Power 5 position. So I think when you're talking about you know where he's going to end up, Michigan State seems like a very um, plausible spot, especially they just had some de- they had a decommitment um, uh, on one of their um, you know one of their recruits. So they they've got a roster kind of spot open for him, and I could see him. Ending up there, um, most definitely, when you look at Michigan State, who's been very active, very upfront in the transfer portal, trying to land guys, that could be a situation. But regardless of where he ends up, you wish you know Logan Brown the best. Everything I've heard about the kid, he's a very nice kid, very well respected uh, among the locker room, among the people who have talked to him, very nice kid. So I, I hope that he goes on to wherever he ends up and has a ton of success and, and finds a spot that he feels comfortable, you know, and, and gets some playing time. He's a very, you know, there's a reason he was a five-star kid out of high school. He's got the ability there. I know he's battled injuries. I know he's tried to get on the field, and hopefully um, he can get on the field somewhere else. It does not appear that it's going to be at Wisconsin, but you, whenever a kid hits the portal, you want to make sure that you, that you wish them success. You don't want to see anything you know, negative happen to them as they move over the next course of their career. All right, guys. We'll get some ad reads out of the way, and then we'll get into our interview with Rhino Blennis of The Only Colors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest, Ryan Oblenis, part of the Only Colors team, our SB Nation Michigan State correspondent site, if you will. Interested to talk to him about this game because, frankly, these two teams don't meet each other all that much. It's kind of a weird scheduling thing with the Big Ten, but I believe this is only the third time that these teams have met since 2012. So little oddball scheduling quirk. Hopefully we get to see them more, as it is always a fun game between these two teams going back um, in years past. So Ryan, firstly, thanks for joining us. How are things going? How are you feeling about the th- the season thus far? I know it hasn't gone quite the way Michigan State fans expected. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I would say has been very disappointing for Michigan State fans. Obviously, coming off of an 11-2 and season, a Peach Bowl, you know, New Year's Six victory, the program seemed to be, you know, on the upswing under, under Mel Tucker's leadership. I, I think that, you know, it was fair to say Michigan State fans maybe expected a small step back, um, you know, because you lost Kenneth Walker, who was a generational talent and kind of hid a lot of the deficiencies from last year's team. Um, but, you know, MSU fans are still expecting somewhere around nine, 10 wins so far this season. You got two wins against Mac opponents, Akron and Western Michigan, and, and, you know, four losses to power five teams that have all been by double digit point totals. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely something that's got people questioning, you know, the direction of the program a little bit, um, but, you know, still having faith that Mel Tucker is the right guy to kind of lead the turnaround, um, you know, but I think what people need to realize is that it's still a rebuild, right? You know, this is the third year under Mel Tucker. His first year was essentially a wash because of COVID. Um, and then last year was kind of, you know, maybe a flash in the pan of what you can do when you, when you have a player like Walker on your team. And then this year you see what happens when the results of, uh, you know, some rather low rated underwhelming recruiting classes at the end of the Mark D'Antonio era are now the guys who are contributors to your team. So, you know, there's a, there's a few different factors as to why MSU ha has started this poorly, but I would say, you know, I definitely didn't expect it to be this poor and I don't think the majority of Michigan state fans did either. Well, I'm glad you hit on that in terms of the Mel Tucker conversation, obviously we got paid big money to, you know, have bowl games and, and, the expectations are certainly high when you get paid that much. And I know expectations have not been met thus far, but it seems like he's doing a very good job on the other side of things in that recruiting role, getting these classes, doing well, landing some, some talented players in the transfer portal. So what are your overall feelings? And I guess what are the fan base feelings about Mel Tucker right now? Because I think there's probably people that are obviously upset and disgruntled, but at the same time, I think there are results bigger than win loss that it seems like he's having success in. Yeah, you know, definitely you still look at, at the high school recruiting for the 2023 class and, you know, they just had a, a four-star offensive lineman decommit, so that's a little bit off-putting, but, you know, other than that, it's still, you know, look, looking like a strong class and one that's going to be one of, you know, Michigan State's highest rated classes of all time. So you have to realize that Tucker's still not playing with a lot of his guys mm -hmm. that he recruited. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys on the roster now that he took out of the transfer portal. And, you know, he's got, a, a, um, you know, a recruiting class in there now. Um, or, but it's still at the same time, you know, you have to kind of take that with, with a grain of salt that, um, you know, this is where the program needs to go and this is where it's at right now. And, and is he the right person to lead that? And I think the answer is still yes. But, you know, interestingly, we did, you know, an SB Nation React survey about, how Michigan State fans are feeling about Mel Tucker right now. And um, the results were a little bit surprising, I, I thought, because, you know, while 41% uh, of respondents said they were either confident or very confident in Tucker, with, you know, with a low, low amount of that being in the very confident section, 29% were unsure, 19% um, were somewhat unconfident, and 11% said they were ready to move on. And I'm just thinking, like, ready to move on? Are you... Are you serious like you know you got to trust the process a little bit but I think you know given how disappointing this uh 
2022 season has gone and uh, you know, there's some short sighted views in there and, and because, you know, let's be honest, college football is a win now. What have you done for me lately? Kind of field, right. And when you're Mel Tucker making $9.5 million a year, then, you know, you're expected to at least lead this team to a bowl game. You know, if, if they, if the Spartans don't make a bowl game, then I understand where some of this criticism is coming from, but still, um, you know, I would say that the, you know, most Michigan State fans are, are going to believe in, in the long-term build um, of this thing and understand that it's going to take time. You know, like I said, Tucker's got uh, his 2021 recruiting class in 2022 now in there, but those guys aren't contributing yet, right? Really, most of them, um, you know, some of them as true freshmen have gotten some playing time and some of them are registered freshmen or sophomores now. Um, but you know, the, the majority of those classes is going to take time for them to really get on the field and make an impact. And I think it's kind of hard for some people to understand how long that process takes. And when, when you have a coaching change, you know, this magnitude. And like I said, too, what you need to realize when Tucker got this job, you know, Mark D'Antonio retired kind of out of, out of the blue, right? Uh, I believe it was the day before mm-hmm. National Signing Day in 2020. And... So then Tucker was hired shortly after that. And then boom, a month later, it's COVID. You don't have, you're not able to, to be with your team to, you know, install stuff on the field. There was no spring practice. Everything was done over Zoom. Everything in that initial recruiting class he had at Michigan State was done over Zoom. There was no on-campus recruiting. So there are a lot of different factors going in, uh, you know, into how you can build this stuff. I think people expected an expedited rebuild process after last year's success. Um, but what they had to realize is that it is still indeed a rebuild. And I think that, you know, the level-headed Michigan State fans will understand that Tucker is still the right guy until proven otherwise. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think sometimes the, the, that immediate success can almost raise the bar dangerously high for fan bases. And I know Wisconsin's kind of going through a similar situation there where it's kind of, like you said, that what have you done for me now lately type of thing. And sometimes that can, in Paul Chris' case, get you the boot uh, midseason. But let's talk about this Spartans team now. It seems like the biggest issue is the defense. And I know last year they had defensive struggles against the pass, and it seems like that's kind of following that same trend this year. And I know Mel Tucker, that was kind of an offseason emphasis. I remember he mentioned he wanted to get that better, and he thought that area would would be better. Is it scheme? Are there guys out on the defense? Or or what is kind of the issue on that side of the ball that's kind of leading to some of this struggle? Well, I mean, the honest answer is kind of all of the above. Um, you know, it, it's scheme-related in a sense that, uh, you know, Michigan State under Scotty Hazleton has often played this uh, kind of soft zone coverage where the cornerbacks are off 8, 10 yards from the wide receiver at the snap of the ball, and they have all this room to operate and just take advantage of that. Um, but, you know, you've seen the last couple of weeks where Hazleton and the staff have tried to make changes to that where they're playing some press man coverage and they're – disguising looks and maybe bringing some even like you even saw a nickelback blitz um, last week against Ohio State it didn't work but um, you know they're trying different things and you know for as much as I think it is to blame on the scheme and the coaching and the lack of player development you also have to look at the general talent on the roster right now where it just doesn't seem to be there in the secondary or um, you know or in much of the defense at all um, you know, I don't want to use Ohio State as an example because they do this to any team, but you just it just looked like 
you know, I think Mel Tucker even made the comment that it looked like varsity versus junior varsity out there. And I, us Badger fans know that feeling well. It seems like they, yeah, that exactly. uh, that happened to us just uh, a few weeks earlier. And yeah, it, it seems like it may be just Ohio State is in another class, but I, I totally understand that sentiment and, and where that's coming from because sometimes that team does look like they're playing a completely different you know, version of football than what Wisconsin and maybe Michigan State has played uh, against them. On right. the on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's some big names that Badger fans probably know. Of course, Jalen Berger at the running back position is is a big one that Badger fans would be familiar with. Had a very good year for Wisconsin when he was there. Quarterback Peyton Thorne, solid quarterback. Jaden Reed, uh, you know, one of the top wide receivers in in the nation in terms of stats last year, and a very good player, very dynamic player. Does makes a lot of plays in special teams as well. So, how has this offense fared this year? Because I know four straight losses, but it seems like the offense is is doing a little bit better than maybe what the numbers are showing. Well, it's uh, been very inconsistent. The Warden's play has, in particular is something that, you know, you expected to take a big leap, leap up this year, and it, he has not done that. Um, you know, he came out this week and said that he's been playing at less than 100% on the season, which kind of adds up um, given the way that he's played. But even um, in the first two games against MAC opponents, Western Michigan and, and Akron, he – was sailing balls high, he was throwing interceptions, he was just simply missing throws that you would expect him to hit. And, um, you know, outside of really the Washington game, and I'd say the first half of the Maryland game, he just not has not performed well. And I still think that he's a very talented quarterback. He's a good leader for the team. Um, and, you know, there, there have been calls by fans of people who, who want to see him benched in favor of the backup Noah Kim or even get the redshirt freshman Kate and Hauser, some reps, and I disagree with that. I think that Thorne still gives the team the best option to win. Um, but, you know, overall, that level of play just has not been there. If, you know, if Michigan State plans to beat Wisconsin this weekend, he's going to have to elevate his play, not turn the ball over, um, sustain and, and sustain drives. As for Reed, he's been uh, – uh, banged up this year too in and out of the lineup he looked a lot healthier at at Ohio State and um, against Ohio State I should say and um, you know I think he's still one of the better wide receivers in the Big Ten when, when he is fully healthy um, but yeah like you know that connection has not been the same those guys have played football together since middle school and they have great chemistry but you know with both of them banged up and playing inconsistently it, it hasn't been um you know, the, I guess what you would expect it to be going into the season. But, um, you know, other than that, some players on the offense to watch out for. Keon Coleman is another wide receiver. Um, he's like six foot four. He's really athletic. He plays basketball too uh, for Michigan State. Uh, he's been really quiet since the Washington game. I'd like to see him get more involved. Trey Mosley's another receiver who's kind of that third receiver who can operate in the intermediate part of the field. And I think that, um, you know, he got involved a little bit against Ohio state and he can do some nice things. Um, and, you know, there's a tight end trio of Daniel Barker and uh, Tyler Hunt, <laughs> same name <laughs> as you. And uh, my favorite player, <laughs> right. He actually was a converted punter um, and Malik Carr. So, 
that's a talented trio that that's just been super inconsistent. You know, they had, whether it's been with blocking or dropping passes or what, it's kind of been baffling how that position hasn't been more productive. Um, and, you know, I think Jalen Berger, obviously, you know, pretty well as a Wisconsin fan and Jarek Broussard, they've had their struggles um, at running back, but so has the offensive line blocking. So it's been a lot of different, different things um, that have kind of held the, the offense back. Yeah, it's certainly a, an offense filled with with talented names, but certainly looking kind of up and down as you as you kind of alluded to. So, in this game now, what's what's maybe the area that you're concerned about, and what area of the game do you feel good about coming into this matchup with Wisconsin? Yeah, and I just wanted to touch too when we were, we were talking about the you know the, the struggles in the secondary that injuries mm-hmm. have played a, a key role in that. Um, you know that Michigan State lost. Xavier Henderson in the first game he dressed last week for Ohio State but he didn't actually play same with Jacob Slade who's a defensive tackle um, and he makes a big difference in the run game Uh, you know he anchors that interior of the defensive line so you know I'm wondering if maybe they'll come back this week since they were dressed last week Uh, Darius Snow is another one who was lost for the season in the the, uh, opener against Western Michigan and uh, yeah so he's out for the remainder of the year and he was he played safety in nickelback last year. They moved him down to linebacker this year. And he was kind of that versatile player who they expected to be their best coverage and linebacker. So I really feel like he's been an impactful loss. And, you know, there's a reason why MSU struggled in, in, uh, in the past defense. And, you know, there's been some other guys at defensive end, Chris Vogel and Jeff Petrowski have been out and just a, a bunch of guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball who have, have missed that, uh, you know, valuable time. So obviously when we're talking about matchups that concern me with Michigan state, how, how forest the passing defense has been in the last two years, that's always going to be my number one concern. I don't know if Graham Mertz is really a quarterback who could take advantage of the defense or not, but he just tore up Northwestern for, you know, what, 300 yards and five touchdowns. So I, th- I think he definitely has that kind of capability um, and, you know, Tanner Morgan from Minnesota was not a quarterback who I expected to shred that defense apart, but did. So I don't, I don't think it really matters what style of quarterback you have or who the player is, whoever it is seems to just be able to move the ball with ease on that defense. So that's always my number one concern, but where I think the game is actually going to be won and lost is in the ground game. You know, historically Wisconsin is obviously a good team at running the football, right? Braylon Allen is still one of the more talented backs in in the nation. I don't think that maybe Wisconsin has had the kind of success this year as, you know, past years in the rushing game, but, you know, there's still a a team there that you would, that you fear in the trenches. And, um, you know, on the other side, historically, Michigan State has been a defense that can stop the run with ease. And that hasn't exactly been the case this year. So I think, you know, uh, the matchup that I'm really watching for is going to be that, you know, Wisconsin offensive line and ground game versus the, the Michigan State defensive front. And I think um, on the other side of the ball, Michigan State needs to find a way to to run the ball with Berger and, and Broussard, who have made mistakes and missed holes. But as I mentioned, the offensive line has not opened up a ton of holes for them either. So I think that, you know, the team that's able to run the football better and the team that's able to neutralize the, you know, the opposing sides rushing attack is going to win this game. 
Yeah, it should be a fascinating contest. Of course, both teams trying to get some momentum going. Michigan State trying to get back in the win column. Wisconsin trying to build off a good performance last week, but an up and down season. It seems like when they play well one week, it's a completely different outcome the next week. So give us your score prediction to wrap things up. I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be a closed game throughout. I think a lot of the times historically when these two teams get together, there's been a lot of really memorable games and really physical games. Uh, You know, it is Michigan State's homecoming game, and I do believe this is a must-win game for the Spartans if they have any shot at making a bowl game at all. I do think that Wisconsin is perhaps going to be sparked um, by that big win over Northwestern. And, you know, after firing their head coach and bringing in Jim Leonard to run things, I think – you know, they're, they're pretty motivated to kind of show what they're made out of too. So I don't expect them to flinch or back down uh, or anything like that. But I do think that Michigan state's going to end up winning this game just because they have to, I think it'll be a final score of around 28 to 24. All right. There you have it. Badger fans. Well, Ryan, I, for my sake and for the listener's sake, I hope you're wrong, but I do respect your opinion. And I think this game could very well, be close. I think this uh, Michigan State team is is better than than maybe what the record indicates and, and has some you know unfortunate bounces and injuries, as you kind of alluded to. Ryan, thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate taking the time. Um, enjoy the game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.